Hello, hello, listeners to The Third Way. I'm excited to have another episode talking to interesting people that I know. And my guest today is Natalie Price. Natalie is a singer-songwriter and Americana artist based in Austin, Texas. Um, I met Natalie several years ago at a venue. Uh, coincidentally, also, I think that Wendy Colonna is associated with, and she's a future guest uh, on the podcast. And then during the shutdown, I did a series called Fostering the Music. And Natalie, you were um, you were so generous to come on and, uh, you know, or back back when doing Zoom concerts was still new. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of, a lot of um, change, a lot of change since then. But um, so anyway, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. So um, I think my first question, and and, and I, I will confess to being somewhat of like, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I'm a fan of musicians and, and artists more than I'm a fan of the art. It's okay. the mindset of, I mean, I love, I love music in particular, but the way that a song is crafted or, or a, you know, whether it's lyrically or the melody or whatnot, that's kind of that, that spiritual science of creation is fascinating to me. So I'm curious, you know, we live in this world now where there's all these platforms, you know, Spotify and YouTube and TikTok and, um, and which means there's a lot of talent. Um, the stupid Applebee's song shows that there's also a lack of talent, <laughs> nice. uh, but, uh, in your case, lots of talent. How do you, what's the process you go through to, or if you went through to find your voice in the midst of all of these, all of these artists that are out producing their art, how do you, how do you find your voice that's unique to you? I think there's several aspects of this. One is literally and physically your voice. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to my first album and then listen to, I have an album coming out next year. I sing very differently Mm. and I sing with much more confidence and much more energy. Uh, It it is very, it's a little more deeply resonating in Mm -hmm. my lower register. And that's been, like I, I continue to find my voice, like finding your voice, I think is a journey. There are definitely levels and steps in that. And you kind of graduate, you know, from like junior high or high school and finding right. your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say I'm maybe in high school or college in finding your voice, but I still have a lot to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from how you think you should sing. Mm-hmm. And then how maybe you have vocal training. So how someone else says you should sing mm-hmm. and you know, what the books say is proper and appropriate enunciating mm-hmm. and all of these things. And then you discover artists that you love and you play around with enunciation and what feels good to sing. And eventually you land somewhere and you are kind of an amalgamation. I think that's maybe the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, of all the things that you love and all the things that are you're influenced by that are your influences. Mm-hmm. So I would say those are all steps in finding your voice. And those are all for sure true for me in finding my voice when it comes to my physical voice. Now, how about your, for lack of a, uh, the term I use, the spiritual voice is that music to me in particular, I think all art is a medium to some sort of different realm of reality, it seems like. Somebody asked George Jones, how'd you write all those songs? And he said, I didn't. I just held the pen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
the voice of what you want to express to the world. So obviously it's going to be vocalized through, you know, your physical voice, but how did you arrive at this voice? Like you have a certain message in your music or a certain, there's a certain um, flavor. It's a sound, but it's more of a spiritual sound than a like instrumental sound. How, right. did, you, how did you get there? And what was the journey like for you? And I remember from our, um, when, when you were on fostering the music last year, you talked a little bit about being somewhat of a late, late to later than most people to the game of music or to the art of music, um, because of your background. So maybe yeah. touch on that as well. Well, I grew up in church, so I have a lot of gospel influence and a lot of Christian music from the eighties and nineties and early two thousands. And that was all we were allowed to listen to as a kid was Christian music. So those are my early influences. And I think finding your voice as a writer and as a creator of music is very similar to finding your voice, your physical voice. You're kind of a melting pot of all your influences. Mm. And so, but I, I, so the things I listened to early on laid a, a foundation, but like, Bands that I've gotten into in the last two or three years, um, have like all kind of seeped together. I, I really like the way, um, maybe David Bazan phrases things, the way he kind of layers his words rhythmically over the music. And mm-hmm. so when I'm writing, as I listen and absorbed and kind of meditated on his music, I would play around with words and phrasing to kind of mimic that feel. Mm-hmm. And so. And then of course, like I'm a spiritual person and music itself, like songwriting has, I feel like it just underscored to me even more. I already believed in God, already had a relationship with God, but even more so music kind of underscores the existence of God to me because I'll sit there writing a song and like, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say channeling. I don't believe in channeling, but like, it's like, it's kind of like I am channeling a melody and I, it's from nowhere, but it comes from somewhere. And then I believe it comes from God. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's something that didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. And I'm in it, in it, maybe there's several different melodies I'm playing with. And then one lands and, and that becomes the key to unlock the rest of the lyrics for me. And it's like this, a lot of times it's, it's very much a journey. Sometimes it's very, much hiking uphill, trying to find the the best home for the song and the melody and everything. But I would say it's very similar to finding your physical voice and that it is a, it's all of your influences coming together in one mm-hmm. and um, yeah, kind of making a, a pot of stew or chili or something. You're throwing everything in there and they're all influencing each other and and going to influence the entire thing too. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, it, you know, art is this uh, crease between the material world and the mystical world, and it, I love how you said it. Just comes from out of it comes from it's something that didn't exist before. There's a creation, like a birthing process to these things, and um, the term I use is conduit to be a conduit. Um, I like because, that. Yeah. It's, it's more like energy. Then, you yeah. know, it's energy that's being downloaded and, uh, Stephen Pressfield, I don't know if you've read his stuff, the art of war, the, art, war, war, of the, art. Art, the war of art and many others do the work and all that. He talks about a lot about this and, um, you know, that's the muse versus the resistance and, 
Um, and there's really no way it seems to like, you know, you could learn like mechanics and stuff, taking like a songwriting course or something, but, but until you tune into your own soul, you know, you may make something that's lyrically ple pleasant, but there's something about it when it comes from your soul that has a different resonance than when it doesn't. Yeah. It's like the contrast between like an earworm mm -hmm. or, or a hook, which are fine. Hooks are fine. I mean, obviously not everything can be somber and, you know, deep, but there's the earworm and then there's like the soul stirring mm -hmm. and soul stirring is enduring. It lasts forever. You know, Elvis, Frank Sinatra, Janis Joplin, Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, June Carter Cash. They're all, they were all sang from their soul. And they're going to live forever as opposed to somebody that, you know, you know, Rick Astley as an example, you know, like, like he was cool for a while. So I think that's fascinating. Um, I'd have no question there, talking about it. Well, you reminded me, there was another thing I meant to mention mm -hmm. that I've learned along the way. That's very, very important in this process. And that is following your ears. And mm -hmm. that, like I mentioned, it's, it's like kind of, a melting pot of all your influences, but what that is, what your influences are, are the things that you give your time and energy to because you love it. Um, like usually if you keep listening to something, it's because you like it, you know? Um, or, you know, because everyone tells you you should like it. And so you try to like it, but what you end up wanting to listen to is really important. And so I think finding your voice has to do with those influences are the pieces of art the other artists that are making art that you really like mm -hmm. and you are absorbing it, like trying to figure out like, how do I make my version of this? Like, mm -hmm. how do I, how do I tap into this as well? Mm -hmm. Um, that's how I found a producer. Like I listen to the work that they produce and see, do I like the sounds? Because even if it's a different style of music, if I like the, the environment that this producer's created for the songs. I'm going to like the environment he creates for my songs. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, she. That makes sense. Yeah. That <laughs> my makes new sense. producer is a she. <laughs> Great. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so your songwriting process, do you, do you go to like, uh, you know, the a cabin in Marfa and sit and write and you crank, you know, crank out like 40 songs or do you, does it, do they just come to you when they come to you or is there some sort of hybrid of, of your process of uh, what I, what I re just referred to as curation? Yeah. Thousands of lyrics and one lines and things, but at some point you got to put a pen to paper. So what is your, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of your process about how you do that? Um, I am a believer in catching all of the little seeds as they come. And mm -hmm. so I utilize my notes app. Mm -hmm. And now that they, you can make folders in them. I have a folder no. for music. <laughs> and so I have, anytime I come up with a new song idea, I'll just make that the title of the note, the new note in that folder. And, um, if I have a melody idea, which is usually in the car, which is why I don't listen to music in the car so that I have space for the melodies to come. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tap into my voice memo and I'll just hum whatever I'm mm -hmm. hearing or sing whatever I'm hearing. And periodically, like I do have to make sure I, I go through and I search through them and make sure I go back and look or listen through because otherwise what's the point in keeping track of them? Mm -hmm. Um, and then a lot of times I'll write for a deadline. So it's helpful for me to step into groups where there's accountability and a deadline, even if it's arbitrary, like, 
yeah, every Sunday we're going to turn in a song by midnight. And I end up writing more that way. Maybe a lot, a lot of bad songs too, but I write more, which means I get to the good songs faster. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've ever gone on a retreat and written like more than one or two songs. Like I, I, I'm not a massive go. Mm-hmm. I've never done that. Go hang out somewhere for a week to write. And that kind of scares me, intimidates me a little bit. I would be afraid to do that because I'd be afraid I wouldn't actually get it done. Yeah. Like if I, if that was the requirement, I would be a little bit afraid to come back empty handed. Yeah. I get that too. You know, when I hear about like, um, well, one of the artists I really admire as a, as a songwriter is Drew Kennedy. And he, he once told me that he goes, everybody has a book of songs in them. The first 900 are shit. And the other hundred are gold, but you got to write the first 900 to get there. Um, and there's some, you know, he's been in, in the business a long time as a, as a, you know, this is his full-time job. Um, but yeah, the, the, the pressure in that moment, I like, I like, there's certain things I can do well under pressure, left brain. But right brain stuff, I need like, I need spaciousness, you know, it would be like somebody going, write me amusing, Justin, or write me a poem or, you know, and, and it'd be like, uh, it doesn't work that way. I, I need spaciousness. There's definitely, I, I get what Drew is saying. And cause I was trying to quantify the number of songs I've written. Cause I'm like, I don't know if that's true for me, the 900 literally, yeah. but probably you know, every one per nine songs, that makes sense. Like you'll get a gold nugget, maybe more, maybe 20 or 30, but like you get one, the ratio Mm -hmm. is maybe a little different. Maybe he's at a stage in his life where one out of 10, he's got a gold nugget. I think mine's a little less than that. Mm. Um, but I've gotten to good songs before writing 900, (laughs) but I don't know, but I I know that I, I yeah, it makes sense. Um, there was something else that, I don't know. I lost that. I lost that. Dad. Okay. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have a, how do you feel about collaborating? Like if somebody wants to write with you, is that something you like to do? I, I assume it depends on the person, but assume you like the person, there's good energy. Do you like to, or do you prefer to write your own stuff and maybe have somebody kind of refine, help, you know, give you, give you feedback. How do you, how do you handle collaboration? Well, I have started collaborating more and more because I think that it's really important for us to collaborate because I think through collaboration, we grow, mm-hmm. um, we learn new tools and new ways of doing things. And it doesn't mean we're any less capable of completing things on our own, but it invites community in mm-hmm. and, um, it is a lot like dating. It doesn't mm-hmm. always work with everybody. You don't always mm-hmm. like writing with everybody and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a little bit slower of a writing style. Like I can hash through and get a song in a couple hours. It's not the best song. I like to like kind of ruminate on it, leave it, come back to it. And then, um, like kind of revise a line here or there. Like that's not quite hitting the way I wanted to. So like I try to make sure the people I write with know that and are comfortable with that and, it's been really fun. A lot of the songs that I've collaborated on recently have had a more pop feel. Mm. And so I'm trying to figure out that because the things that I play and release are very Americana based. Mm. So there's things like that. Like I, these are really fun songs we're coming up with. And so 
figuring out the home for those songs. Like what is the way that they should be, have a life of their own, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found, I found, I find for myself in this strange year or two years, um, that, you know, when I was sad, I was prolific. And now that I'm not sad, I'm happy. Um, I still have creative energy, but it's not to write songs as much as it is to write like sonnets or poems or, you know, I, t- I don't really feel the pull to write a love song, but I do love writing poetry about love. Right. And so it's, it's interesting how you're like, you're the can, you talk about the influences that are around you, but it's also, I think the conditions, like your state of being, I remember like Clint Black, the famous country singer from the nineties, um, his songs up until like his first five albums were sad. Like, uh, the light is on, but no one is home. And I'm leaving here a better man and like beautifully structured country songs. And then he met someone and fell in love and got married and his music went to shit as far as like lyric quality, at least in my opinion, still great music. He was a phenomenal guitar player, but it's that it's so interesting to me how we, how we, how our, our lives, what our, where we're at in life can show up in the art. I would love to have the discipline to just write good stuff no matter what my conditions, but I haven't figured out how to do that yet. Yes. I would say for me, songwriting is often therapeutic. So I end up writing more deeply about the sad things because, um, when you're happy, you're not thinking about it. Like when I'm sad, I'm like, why am I sad? Like, or why is this happening? And it's a lot more thought provoking. The, Mm -hmm. The negative emotions are a lot more thought provoking for me. Um, so, and maybe I just have a natural melancholy bent. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. And that's okay. Um, yeah, I, I, it is a, it is a, um, I mean, we talk about this in, in, in the work I do in branding, which is, it's so much easier to access a negative emotion first. I mean, you don't have to use it as the final product, but tapping into it. So we're just about out of time, but I wanted to ask, um, so you, you, one of the, th- one of the things I think that makes you unique as an artist is you know a lot more about marketing than most artists. Like you understand the, 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 the tech, tech, technical aspects and the nuance of marketing yourself. And, um, and so I'm curious if as this album comes out, um, what, what are you, what's kind of your structure or plan short version of how you're going to promote the album because you do have this marketer's mindset that I noticed that many artists don't have. So that's a huge compliment. (laughs) I I just had to fill out uh, a, an entry form to a festival or a conference to be a highlighted artist or something. (laughs) And they asked my marketing strategy and I was like, I feel like I have no idea. (laughs) So, um, like in my head, mm-hmm. cause I, I don't ha- like, I can release it whenever I want. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I need to wait till the masters come back and I need to get the album designed, but like I could theoretically be ready by the end of the year mm-hmm. to release. Um, but I want to give myself a little more time since I'm kind of doing this kind of on my own at, at, at the moment. Um, and my strategy for this fall was, especially as things were opening back up and travel was becoming a possibility, I am making sure that I'm attending uh, conferences and festivals as is appropriate 
in the world of COVID. Um, and making sure that I am rubbing shoulders with and meeting new people. And mm-hmm. um, my hope has been that I would run into the right people mm-hmm. that I could partner with to put out this album. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't quite decided if I want to go the publicist route mm-hmm. because I've heard mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one thing I know is that you throw a lot of money at them and mm-hmm. it's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. So I want to be really smart with the money. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, under any preconceived ideas that there will be no money spent. Like I know there will be money spent, but it's like, how do I spend the money that I have? Um, and then I know that there's certain strategies that are just basic principles. Like you don't just drop something doesn't just go live. Mm -hmm. Um, like you, you gotta like give people a little bit of preparation Mm -hmm. and warning and build to it. So you gotta kind of talk about it in advance. So you gotta kind of plan some of those things in advance. Like, not just a few days, like a few weeks to a few months. That's right. They're built anticipation. Yeah. And so I don't have all of those things in place yet, but I realize that those will be, I will have to have the photos and video pieces and I have the apps to create um, different things visually. And I have an email list. It's not giant, but it's, it has some people <laughs> in it who are on team Nat mm-hmm. and, uh, I have a Patreon and I don't know. I, I have some things in place. And mm-hmm. if I actually engage everything correctly, I think that it'll be a nice little landing for the album. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear it. Thank you for doing this uh, with me. It was super fun. I love talking music, um, especially with you. And um, I'll link to your website and Patreon in the show notes. So anyone that wants to support and be on Team Nat, uh, they can do that. And um, thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.